Man, I love our worship team. Can I just say that again? Right? Like, man, doing it. And I shout out to Chris Moore, first time ever on the bass guitar and still killing it up here. Uh, so we got some extra help coming in on the band. We love that. Um, we're going to dive into God's word. Now we want to continue to worship him through the study of his word. So grab your Bibles. We're going into Acts chapter 3 this week. So we've been in this new series in the book of Acts um, and called The Power of the Spirit. And we want to be learning more about the Holy Spirit, who he is, how he works in our lives, and how we can be pressing in to what he is and what he wants to do. And so we're going to see that power on display again today in Acts chapter 3 in a way that the Holy Spirit heals. And so um, I, want to, I want us to look at this. And I'm going to kind of start with a personal story. A couple months ago, back in the spring, um, I was at a, at a Plant Midwest prayer meeting. This was a... Um, uh, the Plant Midwest is the group we're a part of here in St. Louis that does church planting in the, in the, in the area and region. And, um, and so they have these kind of quarterly prayer meetings. So we all got together and we were praying and we were in like little small groups and they had given us different prayer emphasis. And one of them was to pray for healing for people. And so um, I had been struggling with some, some lower back pain for six months or more. Um, I'd been to doctors, been to therapy, done the meds and things just weren't getting better. Just couldn't really figure out what how to, how to fix it. And so I said, okay, well, I'll go. And so I said, I, I'm having this back pain. And I told everybody, and they said, well, let's pray for that. So I stepped in the middle of the circle and everybody kind of came around and they just started praying and that God would heal my back and, and I asked the Lord to do that. And, and it was great and nothing happened. And I walked away, all right, God, thanks for that. And, you know, it's always good to have prayer, right? But that was, that was it. And so then we prayed for a couple of people in the group and then we went about the rest of the, the meeting, and um, a couple hours later, we finished up, and we were leaving. We were walking out to the car, and one of the guys that was in our prayer group walked up to me and said, hey, how, how's your back doing? And I said, well, it's, you know, it's about the same. And he said, well, would, would you mind if I prayed for you again? Uh, I was like, sure. I'll always take more prayer. And so he walks up, and he puts his hand on my back, and he starts to pray very intentionally, very fervently, and, and just, and as he's praying, I started to feel kind of a tingling sensation in my back. And by the time he was done, it was better. Like not 100% better, it wasn't 100% healed, but it was better, like noticeably better. And over the next two or three days, the pain went away. And it was good for several weeks, if not months. And then a couple weeks ago, I did something crazy and hurt it again. But, um, but I believe in that moment, on that day, through the faith-filled prayers of this brother in Christ, who just really felt impressed to do that again, that God did miraculously heal my back in that moment. And this is something that we see all throughout the book of Acts. I don't think we think about it as much in the modern day church, but it is definitely here in the early church. And I believe from the study of God's word and from my own experience that it's still for the church today as well. If we will press into the Lord, he can do some miraculous healing things in our midst. And so I want to just kind of walk through this text today and just show you some stuff here and just see if we can't grow ourselves a little bit in this area of uh, understanding of our, of our Savior and our, and our faith. So here's our nail for today. To experience greater healing in life, I must exhibit greater faith in Christ. Now I'm going to unpack that statement because that statement could go a whole lot of different ways, okay? So just hold until we get through the whole scripture, okay? But I want you to see this. You're gonna see this in the text today. That I can experience greater healing in life. I must, ex must exhibit greater faith in Christ. That's where it starts. So 
Start with me, chapter 3, verse 1. Here we go. Now, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate, to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. All right, let's pause there. What you're going to see as we walk through this story today is three different levels of faith in Jesus Christ. The first one we see here, point number one, is the bronze level faith, okay? And bronze level faith prays like this, like the, like the lame man here, help my hurt, help my hurt. I've got some need, I've got a hurt in my life, Jesus, meet that. We see here that Peter and John are going to the temple for the hour of prayer. This goes right along with what we studied last week in Acts chapter 2, right? That they met daily in the temple, that they prayed together. Like This is just an example of what Luke just told us at the end of chapter 2. And here it tells us it was at the ninth hour, which means it was about 3 p.m. So for the Jews, that would have been the evening sacrifices, which were a very important time each day of prayer. And usually the temple was filled with people for the evening sacrifices. And so undoubtedly, John and Peter, they're going to pray, but they're also going because there's lots of people they can share the gospel with, right? And so they're looking for more opportunities to be a bold witness and bring more people to Christ. So they're walking in, but they're not the only ones showing up at the temple. This other character doesn't have a name, just the man who was lame from birth is coming. Now, lame here means he couldn't walk. Or that's literally what it means. He could not walk. His, his knees, his ankles, his foot. We don't know what was wrong exactly, but this guy could not walk and hadn't walked since his birth. So how long was that? Well, in chapter 4, when we get to that next week, in verse 22, we find out that he was over 40 years old. So for over 40 years since birth, never walked. Are you tracking? Think about what that would be like for your life. Think about how your life would be different right now, if you had been lame from birth? How would that affect your career? How would that affect your relationships? How would that affect your finances or your pastimes or whatever, your, your family? Like how would, think about how this, the impact this would have on his life. And if it has that kind of impact on your life, it ultimately has that kind of impact on your heart, doesn't it? Can you think about the pain that he struggles with day in and day out of not knowing how he's going to get through certain things or not having the help he needs or always having to be dependent on someone else? Like there's, there's a tension here. And I bet it also had an effect on his faith. God, why, why me? What, what did I do? Like why, why do I have to live with this? Why do I have to have this thing in my life? But I think at this point, it's been 40 years I think at this point, he's probably resolved himself to just the statement of, this is my life, right? Doesn't there come a point when you've had something long enough, you're just like, this is just what it is. It's not gonna, it's not gonna change. This is what it's always been. It's what it's always gonna be. I just have to live with what it is. That's where this guy's at. And it says that he came and he laid daily at the gate. Think about the gate of the temple as like a super high traffic area. Like, so for us today, we wouldn't go lay him at the, gate, we would lay him at the top of the highway ramp, right? Or we'd lay him outside Bush Stadium during the Cardinals game. Like anytime there was lots of people coming by, because it says here that he was asking to receive alms. 
Alms means money, charity. He's asking for financial help. He's, he's saying, hey, can you, can you just give me something, just some kind of temporary help for my life? And that's not a bad thing to do. Last week we talked about being open-handed, right? Being generous. And God wants us to do that, and that's a good thing. But even if Peter and John give him something here financially, what's he going to have to do tomorrow? Come back and ask again. And that's just his life. They can help the temporary thing, but the money's just going to be a crutch for his condition. It's not going to help him long-term. It's just going to get him through the day. And that's all he's asking. Just help me get through today. Just help me right now in this moment. So Peter, it says, directed his gaze at him and said, look at us, him and John. And he said, the, it said the lame man fixed his attention on them. Why do you think Luke had to write that in there, that he fixed his attention on them? Because obviously he wasn't looking at them before that, right? Even though he's asking for help, he's not looking at them. Where's he looking? Is he looking at the ground? in shame that he has to ask again for help? Is he looking around like, so help me help, like, you know, any, any port in the storm, like who's gonna help me today? But Peter stops, he says, look at me. And I believe right here that he is speaking not of himself, but the Holy Spirit is speaking through Peter in this moment as we're gonna see in just a second. And he says, hey, look at me. I think God is saying to this man, stop looking down, stop looking around, stop looking everywhere else, look at me. I see you and I can help you. Some of you today right now are in a place of hurt. You've got something, a financial need, a health need, a, a relationship rift, you've got something going on with your job and you just got like this temporary little hurt thing that you're dealing with and you're asking, you're trying to find all these ways to fix it. And God's saying, I see you. Like, you don't have to look everywhere else. Like, just look at me. I see you. And we should, and we should ask God to help us when we hurt. That's a good and biblical thing. But I want to show you something more here. This summer, uh, our girls all go, I told you this before, our girls all go to this, this week at my dad's house called Graham's Camp. So they were there for the week and spending time with the grandparents and, and they have a big wooden deck on the back. And so one day Ava, our youngest, was evidently running on the deck and got a giant splinter in the bottom of her foot. I mean, like I've had some splinters in my day, but like this was, thing was huge. And so, so she gets a splinter and, and my dad, Gramps, tries to help her with it. And she's like, no, 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 don't, don't touch it, don't touch it. It's gonna hurt, it's gonna hurt. Don't, just, just give me a Band-Aid. And she would not let him touch it. She's like, just put a Band-Aid on, just put it. So for like three days, she's just going with a Band-Aid. So we finally get there, and Dad tells me what's going on. I said, okay, well, we'll when we get home. So we get her home. We're like, Ava, we need to take that. He's like, no, 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 don't touch it. She didn't want, want Mommy and Daddy to touch it either. Don't touch it. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. Just put a Band-Aid on it. And meanwhile, she's like hobbling around the house. She can't even walk. She's got this giant splinter in the bottom of her foot. And there came a point where it was like, no, no, no. We're taking it out. Right? Like, hold her down, screaming, crying, whatever. We're getting this thing out because it wasn't enough to just help the temporary hurt, we needed to fix the problem. We needed to get healing involved. In Matthew chapter seven, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says this, verse seven, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a serpent. 
If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven, here it is, give good things to those who ask him? So many times when we're in a hurting place, we come and we'll ask God for something. We'll ask God for help. But man, sometimes we just ask too small. We just ask for that temporary crutch. Can you just get me through the day? Like, don't have to solve it all. Just give me the Band-Aid, God. Right? We just want that temporary relief of the symptoms. It's like going to a world-renowned heart surgeon and saying, you know what? No, 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 no surgery. Just give me another shock. Just give me another, you know, don't do the surgery that will heal me. Just, that's what we do with God sometimes. Listen. Jesus tells us that God is a good and loving father who wants to give good things to those who ask him. Not always what we ask for, but always what is good and always what is best in his plan and in his way for our lives and for all those around us and for his kingdom and all the things that he can see that we can't see. But if we pray and if we ask, he does give good thanks. So the first thing I want you to see here at the bronze level faith is this. God wants to heal you, not just help you. Help is fine, but God has so much more than that. God wants to heal you, not just help you in whatever it is. So ask him in faith. We're going to see the faith thing become a major issue here in these next couple of verses. So that's bronze level faith has helped my hurt. The next level we see you're coming out of Peter, silver level faith is going to be heal my health. Heal my health. This is kind of the next step up. All right. So the lame man sitting there says he fixed his attention on Peter and John, right? He's looking at them. He's expecting to get some money, right? Usually somebody stops and you're right, that's what's going to happen. So he's looking for some money. And then look at verse six. I love this. Look at verse six. Peter, but Peter said, I have no silver and gold. But what I do have, I give to you. You know that dude was like, seriously? Like, why are you wasting my time? Like, I could be talking to all these other people. And you're like, sorry, I ain't got no money for you. Like, get out of my way, man. But Peter's like, what I do have, I give to you. And guess what? It's so much better than some money for your little hurt. Look at verse, keep going to verse six, in, or seven, or six, or wherever we're at. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. <laughs> so Peter's like, I ain't got no money, but here's what I got. In the name of Jesus, in his power, in his name, rise up and walk. Be healed from this lifelong, debilitating disease, illness, handicap, like all of it, just stand up and walk. And Peter has so much faith. He is so bold in his faith right here. He doesn't just tell him to, what's he do? He grabs his hand and starts yanking the dude up, right? Like that, That's awesome for Peter. But can you imagine being the lame guy? You've never stood. You've never walked. And this guy's trying to drag you up on your feet, and you're like, I'm going to fall and break my neck. Like, this is not going to go well for me. He had some doubts. He had some fears in that moment, no doubt. But maybe, because of the boldness of Peter's faith, maybe he had a glimmer of hope. 
Maybe there was something inside him that said, you know what? Maybe this dude's for real. Maybe God can actually heal me. Peter grabs him by the hand and raises him up, and it says, immediately he was made strong. That word immediately is so important. Immediately he was made strong, meaning this was a miracle. If you've never walked in your life 40 years, it would take, I can't even even imagine, it would take months, maybe years of rehab for you to gain the strength in your legs to even be able to physically stand, even if all the parts of your body were healed. You ever had a cast on your arm? or like a brace on your leg or something for your ankle. Or your, I, had a, I broke my wrist one time, had to have a cast on here for like eight weeks. At the end of just, just six weeks or eight weeks, at the end of that time, what's happened when it comes off? It's, come, it's incredibly weak, right? You have to do the physical therapy and do all the stuff to get it strong again. 40 years he hasn't walked. And immediately he stands up and starts walking. That is no doubt a miracle of the power Jesus' name. It says he leaped to his feet, he stood, he walked, he leaped through the temple, evidently. Can you imagine his excitement and his joy? He's like, I'm healed! I'm healed! Look at me, I'm healed! That's what you would do, isn't it? Because that's what happens when Jesus changes your life. It said he praised God. He knew exactly what had happened. Even if everybody else denied it, even if nobody else wanted to believe it, he knew that God miraculously healed him in that moment. And he was going to worship the God who heals. This is a sign of his faith. He didn't put his faith in Peter and John. He started praising God. His faith was in the Lord, and it was growing by the minute. Here's the great thing about healing all throughout the Bible, all throughout the book of Acts. Even when God mercifully heals man, he is still the one who gets the glory and the praise. It's not about Peter and John here. It's not about the lame man. It's great that he can walk now, but who gets the praise? Who gets the glory? Who gets the worship? It's God alone. God makes much of his name. Keep reading in the, in the verses, verse nine. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms. Like we see this dude every day. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Wonder and amazement. They couldn't believe it. God's ultimate purpose in this healing was so much bigger than just personal healing. It was so much bigger than just this guy. His plan, his purposes are always bigger than us and our personal things. He's got a bigger canvas that he is painting on and we are just a small part of that and God bless him that we get to be a part of that. That's why he's God. And that's why we worship him. So 
it's really easy to read a story like this in Acts and be like, man, that's so cool. And man, I, I, I wish I could have been there. That'd been so awesome to experience something like that. And, but, you know, we just, just don't see that anymore. And it's easy to kind of brush something like this off, like it's not a real deal anymore. So I want to bring a true story to you right here in St. Louis of a good friend of mine just in the last year. Um, I was hoping to have him here with us today, and he just couldn't make it. So I'm going to tell you his story. I have a pastor friend here in St. Louis who has a teenage son whose name is Tyler. Tyler is normal teenage boy, super active. He's in music. He's in baseball. He's in basketball, all this kind of stuff. Strong, healthy teenage boy, just, just kind of normal in that. Last, late February, early March, he was at the rec center playing basketball, and this 30-year-old LeBron wannabe guy took a knee to his back and slammed him to the ground on a foul. And it actually fractured his L5 vertebrae, and had a, he had a deep bone bruise in his pelvis. And the injury was so severe that he couldn't walk or sit up without extreme pain and vomiting. Every time he sat up, he would start, he had, the pain would be so bad, he would start to throw up. And he got to the point where he was actually in what they called cyclical vomiting disorder, where he couldn't even keep food down because it just kept, he just kept throwing up and throwing up and throwing up. He was completely bedridden. We have some pictures. Completely bedridden with multiple visits to the hospital and stays in the hospital, just trying to keep the pain down and keep some nutrition in him. And this went on for months. He missed school, he missed church, he missed everything. He was completely down. He had to be horizontal at all times. Going up to Easter, he hadn't been at church in weeks, but he was determined he wanted to be at Easter Sunday. They had to get a zero gravity chair so he could lay and be a part of Easter service. And this had become his new normal, his new life. A couple days after Easter, on April 23rd of 2019, this happened. He's going to tell you the story. Hey, Facebook, family, friends, um, everybody. I, I've got some amazing news for you, and this is like the most amazing news that I've ever really had to share. I've just got to be really honest. Don't you think so, babe? Yeah, most amazing news. So, Tyler, tell us the big news. So, I'll start off with I'm healed. So, look. He's healed. I can jump. I can do everything. I'm healed. So, this morning, uh, the lead guitar, guitar player, player right? yeah, of Need to Breathe, he called called today. And uh, he knew it just because he knew I was hurting and sick and stuff. And he said a while ago he was going through a thing with his stomach. He had MS in his stomach. And the doctors didn't have many answers. But other than uh, giving him medication. And uh, he said somebody called him and he, he, they prayed over him and stuff and he was cured after that. And a similar thing happened to me. He called this morning, we prayed for probably about 30 minutes, but in the first 15 minutes, he, uh, he prayed and then after the, first, the 15 minutes, I, he asked, Tyler, do you feel any better? And I said, no, not really. And then after the next 15 minutes, he said, or after the next 15 or for the next 15 minutes he prayed more intentionally about like the specifics of the inside in my stomach and like the l5 my injury and stuff and uh after that 15 minutes he he said tyler do you feel any better now and i sat up in my bed with no pain at all and i was in disbelief i started crying because there was no pain and it was just tears of joy and mm -hmm. laughter. And I got up and I walked up and down the stairs and everything. No pain at all. So praise God for that. Yeah. Show us. Yeah. Let's see a jump. 
Look at that. He's Perfect. jumping. Uh, we, we just want everybody to know that God is real. He's at work and he wants to break through in our lives. Uh, man, I got to be really honest. I going into that time of prayer, I was up for anything. And what we saw God do, I mean, I, I didn't really expect much. I know that sounds yeah. terrible. I'm a pastor and I'm a Christian and all that. But what God did here is is just amazing. So we wanted to let all of you know. And thank you for praying. And, and let's yeah. keep praying for one another um, because God can do amazing things. That's it, man. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so cool. After I saw that video on Facebook that day, I immediately texted his dad like man this is amazing just recently i got to sit down with his dad and hear more about the whole backstory i mean doctors couldn't figure out anything to do they couldn't fix it he had been to all these different specialists they couldn't figure it out um they he had mri before and after to, to confirm before it was all broken and bruised after it wasn't like it just wasn't and god does that like god just stepped in and and after this tyler got to go back to school he got to tell all of his friends at school how god healed him and testified to the goodness of God. He's testified at his church and with his friends and their neighbors and other ministries. Like God's using this in his family and it, to grow his faith more deeply. Just imagine if you had been him or his parents in that season of like, what's gonna happen to our son? And then God shows up and does this. Man, what a, what a, what a bolster to our faith, right? When we see God move in incredible ways. Now listen, he doesn't have like any secret superpowers now, right? He's not gonna be like the next Avenger, right? Just because God healed him, all right? That's not what we're talking about. He can't summon healing for anybody else at a given time. Like he can't just walk up to you and be like, all right, you're gonna be healed now. And now you're gonna be healed. And you're gonna be like, that's not how it works. But he, as they just said, he and everyone around him knows beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is real and that God is working and that God does heal miraculously in the world today. And we need to believe that, church. We need to believe that for ourselves. We need to believe that for one another. We need to believe that this is the God that we still worship and serve. He doesn't change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he heals with power then, he can heal with power now. And obviously, he's still willing to do so. If we will pray in faith, just like Peter did here. God still miraculously heals today. Ask him in faith. That's what it boils down to. Do we believe that? That God still miraculously heals today? If so, we need to ask him in faith. Bronze level faith, help my hurt. Silver level, silver level faith is heal my health. And then there's one more we're gonna see here that Peter takes us to the next level. Gold level faith is heal my heart. Heal my heart. Look at verse 11. It says, the lame man, while he clung to Peter and John, all the people were utterly astounded, ran together to them in the portico called Solomon's. And when Peter saw it, he addressed the people, men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us as though by our own power or piety we have made him walk? The people are astounded, right? Like they're drawn to God's power. They're, gone, they're drawn to God's glory. Like what, what has happened? What is he doing? And Peter's like, well, let me just tell you, I'm just going to just clear the air right now. First of all, he's like, why are you staring at us? <laughs> it wasn't our power. We didn't do it. And then he, launched, he takes this opportunity to launch into sermon number two from Peter. And guess who the main topic of the sermon is again? Jesus. He goes, verse 13, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers glorified his servant, Jesus. 
whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him, but you denied the Holy Righteous One and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. And you killed the author of life whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses. So Peter just lays out the gospel. He's like, that Jesus guy, he was God in the flesh. He was the holy and righteous one. He was the author of life. And he came and lived a perfect sinless life. And then you delivered him. You denied him. You killed him. Your sin put him on the cross. And he went to the cross for your sin and died in your place. And then he went to the grave. And it says three days later, God raised him from the dead. And we're all witnesses. We all saw it. Because he really is God. And he really is alive. And he really is offering you healing today. Salvation from your sins. And then in verse 16, he says, by that same name, in his name, by faith, in his name. Do you notice there? Peter's pauses, right? He's like, in his name, then he stops himself. Oh, I'm back. And faith in his name has made this man strong, whom you see and know. And the faith that is through Jesus has given the man this perfect health in the presence of you all. Peter stresses this idea of faith. What does faith mean here? It means to believe fully and trust wholly. It means that I fully believe that Jesus is who he says he is, and I trust my entire life to him. No one else, nothing else, all in with him. Now, when Peter's talking about faith here, he's not talking about faith in general. There's a whole lot of people in our world today talking about faith, but they're talking about faith in things other than Jesus. Just, just have faith in yourself. Just believe in yourself, and, and you can do anything you put your mind to if you just, if you just believe in yourself enough. Anybody heard that one? All right? like every other commercial on TV? That's not what Peter's talking about. He's not talking about a faith in humanity in general. If we all come together, if we all love each other and we're all unified, then we'll be able to solve all the world's problems and live in utopia. No, 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 no. That's not the kind of faith Jesus is talk, or Peter's talking about here. It's not faith in a politician who's gonna make the right laws. It's not faith in your money. It's not faith in all any of that stuff. He says it's faith in Jesus. You know why that's important? Because here's an here's an incredibly key thing to understand about faith. If you don't get this part, you end up in a, in a, in a, a land of heresy when it comes to faith in the Bible. Faith is about, the power is in the object of the faith, not the faith itself. Please listen to that. When it comes to faith, power is in the object of the faith, not in faith itself. You don't get healed because you have faith. You get healed if you get healed because your faith is in the one who has the power to heal. The power comes from Jesus. It's his name. It's not us. So faith isn't the key. Jesus is the key. And that's when we put our faith in him. So I've been talking a lot about healing and faith so far, and just to make sure that we all are getting this on a good footing, I'm going to do just a quick caveat here. This is in your notes, a theology of healing. If we took the whole Bible together, what does it say about healing? This is just one little story, right? So let's kind of round this out with the whole biblical idea of what this is. So I just did it in a series of questions to kind of help us break this down. Number one, what types of healing does God do? We see both biblically and today that God does two types of healing, physical 
and spiritual. Okay? Physical healing means he heals the body, the ailments of the body. We see that in scripture. He heals the lame. He heals the blind. He heals blood conditions. He heals people back from death even. Like sometimes he physically heals the body. He also spiritually heals. That's ailments of the soul. All right? Sometimes we see him heal people with demon possession or from people who have bitterness or unforgiveness. We have salvation is even healing from sin in your life. All right? These are all spiritual acts of healing. All right, Michael, what about emotional problems or what about, you know, mental issues? Like, what, what, where is that? Well, those are actually just subsets of these two things. If you have an emotional or mental thing that you're dealing with, it's either because your body's not making the right neurotransmitters and hormones and whatever that thing is related to your condition, or it's because you have something in your heart that is broken and is causing you to lead to these other things. You need physical or spiritual healing in any of those instances. And this is how God heals. Second question, how does God heal? Three ways. First of all, through his natural creation. Have you ever noticed how awesome our bodies are at healing themselves? <laughs> like, you get a cut, you get a little flu thing. Like, most times you don't have to do anything. Your body will just heal itself in a matter of days. God has designed the human body to do a certain level of healing just intrinsically. And that's part of God's healing because he's the one who did that. He's the one that made you that way. Second level of healing is through medicine, modern medicine. God has provided development of science and medicine, and we should take full advantage of that any time that it applies to what we're dealing with. We should not shun that. That's all under God's common grace, and it's all a part of what he has allowed humanity to be able to develop. But there's a third type of healing, and that's through miraculous interventions. There are times, even today, when God supernaturally heals a person. Is it every time? No. Is it sometimes? Yes. Sometimes it's a physical healing. Sometimes it's a spiritual healing. But in either way, we should be praying and seeking him when either of those are needed. Third question, when does God heal? The easy answer is whenever is best in his plan. Whenever he decides is the best time to heal. We get that from Hebrews chapter 2, verse 4. I'm not going to read that this morning, but you can look it up. The idea there is that in his sovereignty, he always knows when healing will bring the best results all around. See, a lot of times when, we're, when we think we need healing, we're only seeing our little sliver of the, the pie, our little piece of the puzzle. God's looking at the whole thing. How's it going to affect you? How's it going to affect people around you? How's it going to affect his greater plan for salvation and the kingdom and his glory? And So, whenever's best in his plan means that sometimes it's immediately. Sometimes he heals in the moment, just like we heard with Tyler's story. Sometimes it's healing, healing that comes delayed. A lot of times God delays for our sanctification. Sometimes having us walk through a season of suffering brings us closer to him and grows us in some way. Because, by the way, the guy that we follow, he did a little suffering, didn't he? <laughs> so when we do that, we become more like Jesus. So sometimes God uses that in our life. But what, regardless of which one of those it plays out as, it's healing always comes in eternity. No matter what you're suffering right now in this life, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, there will come a day 
when you are healed. Revelation 21.4 says there is no death or pain in the new heaven and the new earth. We don't always understand why God doesn't heal in this life, but we do know that he always heals in the next life. Question number four, why does God heal? Primary reason is for glory. The primary reason he heals is not us. It's not you, it's not me. It's about him and showing that he is God. Secondary reason is what we read earlier in Matthew chapter 7, right? That he likes to give good gifts to his children. And when it fits in his master plan and his best, he will gladly heal for the good of his people. The next section is just as false teaching about healing. I think there's lots of them. I'm going to give you just kind of two main little things here that we need to balance as we're looking at the Bible. Number one, some believe that faith uh, or that healing, healing is solely dependent on my faith. In other words, if I just have enough faith, if you just believe enough, then God has to heal you. <laughs> like somehow you can control him if you just have the right amount of faith. Healing is not solely dependent on your faith. Healing is solely dependent on his sovereign will and perfect plan. Because the power lies with him, not with you. Do not get yourself mistaken. Faith is trusting God to do what is best. Faith is not some currency that I use to buy what I want from God. We have to have it in the right perspective. But on the flip side of that, the other false teaching is that we shouldn't even ask for healing. Don't even bother praying or asking for healing because God's sovereign. If he wants to, he will. If he doesn't, he won't. And you're not going to change his mind. So why even mess with the healing thing? You know, he's, if you're trying to mess up his sovereign plan, listen, you give yourself way too much credit if you think you can do anything to mess up the plan of the sovereign God of the universe. Okay? But there are multiple times in his word where God himself tells us Ask, pray boldly. Mark 11, 23 and 24, he says, ask boldly when you come. He also says, and I thought this is interesting, Mark chapter 6, verses 5 and 6, he says that a lack of faith, a lack of faith and prayer will cause him to withhold healing that he would otherwise give. James 4.2 talks about that as well. So, so Micah, then last question is this. So what is my role then in God's healing? If all this is true, if, all, if this is what the Bible says and it's all true, then what part do I play? Where do I come into all of this? Let me read James chapter 5 to you. Verse 13 says, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith, the prayer of what? The prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it's working. Three things that we do as our part of God's healing. Number one, have faith. Have faith in Jesus. He talks about it over and over again here in James chapter 5. Over and over again, the Bible connects healing with faith. 
he just does. This is the way he works. So it starts with have faith in Jesus. Part number two is persevere in prayer. How many times did James just mention prayer in these few verses, right? If you're, somebody's suffering, have them pray. Somebody's sick, have them come to the elders and have them pray. And the righteous person's prayer uh, has great power. Like, you just pray, pray, pray. We need to have persevere in prayers of faith that God will heal. And then the third thing is simply this. Trust in the goodness of God. He promises he's a good father. Do you believe that? Do you have faith enough to believe that God loves you and is looking out for your best even when you can't see it? Pray fervently in faith and then trust God's goodness to give you whatever is best. That's our job. Let me sum up this little section here with just this statement. Faith doesn't give me the power to demand healing, but it does position me to receive from the healer. That is so key. That if I could boil it all down to one statement, this is what it is. Faith doesn't give me the power, okay? Doesn't give me the power to demand healing, but it does position me to receive the power, the glory, the grace, the mercy, whatever he wants to give from the healer for that need in my life. So after Peter addresses the physical healing part of the lame man, he keeps going. Look at verse 17. And now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your rulers. But what God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets, that his Christ would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and turn back, that your sins may be blotted out and that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, that he may send the Christ anointed for you, Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all things about, about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. Moses said, the Lord God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers. You shall listen to him in whatever he tells you. It shall be that every soul who does not listen to that prophet shall be destroyed from the people. And all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel and those who came after him also proclaim these days, you are the sons of the prophets of the covenant of God made with your father, saying to Abraham, and in your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. God, having raised up his servant, sent him to you first to bless you by turning every one of you from your wickedness. So Peter says, it's great that the power of Jesus heals the lame guy over here, but you need a greater healing. He says, the healing you need is to repent and turn back. He says, you've got a spiritual sickness on your heart. You've got sin that is killing you. And you need to repent and turn back and pray that God would bring spiritual healing in your life. That he would heal your heart, not just your health. Like this lame man. He says, if you pray that, that your sins will be blotted out. Sin is a spiritual sickness that is leading to death in your life. And the only way you're healed from that is by praying in faith that Jesus would heal you. He says, if you do that, times of refreshing and restoring and blessedness will come. Listen, this is the greatest healing you can ever receive. It's not, it's not for... The, it's not for your heart condition, it's not for your diabetes, it's not for your cancer, it's not for your broken leg, it's not for any of that. The greatest healing you can ever receive is that your heart would be saved from sin that leads to death. 
And if you don't have that healing yet, Peter wants you to get that today. But then look at the response just real quickly. Chapter 4, just the first couple verses. And as they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. But many, but many of those who had heard the word believed. And the number of men came to about 5,000. The priests, the Sadducees, they were like the Jewish leadership group, right? They did not believe in the resurrection of the dead. They did not teach it. They did not believe it. And so, so when Peter gets up and starts preaching about Jesus, and it's all about this resurrected Jesus, they get really annoyed, right? Because it's going to steal their power. It's going to steal their platform. It's going to mess them up. So they come, it says they come and they arrest them. And you know everybody standing around, all, especially all the Christians, were like, what? God, what are you doing? Right? Like, these are your guys, man. Like, they're preaching and they're healing and they're witnessing and they're baptizing people. Like, how are you going to let these guys be arrested? They're probably freaking out a little bit. But as they're chaining them up and carrying them off, everybody's like, I'm in. <laughs> like, I don't know what's going on, but I want that. I believe. And the church goes from 3,000 to 5,000 people. Because the gospel of Jesus Christ will not be stopped. Arrest them, kill them, take them away. It just keeps marching on because the glory of God never comes to an end. And his church is the method by which he chooses to bring the gospel and to bring his glory to all the earth. And these people got to experience the greatest healing that they could ever have because Peter stood and declared, Jesus, there's power in the name of Jesus. God desires to heal not just your body, but the deepest part of your soul. Ask him in faith. If you need salvation today, if you've never repented of your sins and confessed that your need for a savior, do that today and let him heal your if you've already done that, but you're still struggling with some spiritual things in your life, you've got some resentment, you've got some bitterness, some unforgiveness towards someone, you've got some habitual sin that you just can't seem to get past, that's all spiritual sickness, and he can heal that just like he heals everything else. Pray in faith and let him heal your heart. To experience greater healing in life, I must exhibit greater faith in Christ. Not just help my hurt, not just heal my health, heal my heart. He'll do all three, but we have to press in and ask him to do more in faith. So we're gonna do that right now. We just read God's word. And he said, if you need help, if you need healing, ask in faith. So right now, our elders are going to come. Their wives are going to come. Some of our church leaders and their wives are going to come. We're just going to line up here in the front across this front area. And I'm going to challenge you to be obedient to God's word and faith. So is anyone sick? Let them pray. 
Is anyone ill? Let them come to the elders. Let them pray and anoint them with oil. Does anyone need salvation? Let them pray and God will save you from your sins. So wherever you're at with that right now, if you've got a physical illness that you need healing, it could be your back's hurting. It could be you have cancer. It could be you have a heart condition. I don't care how big. You could have it for 10 years. You could have had it just last week. I don't care. If you've got a physical illness, come, let's pray. Let's just see what God will do. If you've got a spiritual sickness, you've got sin that you're holding on to in your heart. You've got unforgiveness. You've got resentment. You've got pride that you won't let go of. Come, pray. Let's pray together that God would heal you from that. If you need salvation, come. We'll pray and let Jesus come and change your life. If you're scared, grab somebody next to you and bring them with you. I don't don't care. Do whatever you got to do, man. Listen, when you come up here and we pray, your faith is not in a pastor. Your faith is not in the church. Your faith is not even in the prayers. Your faith is in Jesus. The power is in Jesus. Come to him. He sees you. He wants to help you. Come, let him heal you today. If you don't have any of those things, then you just stay seated right there, but do not do anything but pray pray right now for whoever in your life needs that. Come on up. Whoever in your life needs that, man, pray for them. Pray for those that are coming forward. Let's pray that God would do a healing work in our lives and in the lives of those that we know. I'm going to pray right now. The music's going to play. We're going to pray. Come on up. Let's do this. Let's trust in the Lord. Heavenly Father, we come to you today. We thank you, God, so much for just your love and your grace, Lord, and for all that you give us. Father, we want to have greater faith. We want to experience greater healing. We believe in you. You are the object of our faith. You are the one today that can do all things. Lord, heal us to the uttermost right now as we come in faith. Heal us today. In Christ's name.